Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Off The Beaten Track live Christmas show. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me this evening is a wonderful bunch of Patreons. I hope you're all doing very, very well. So we're recording this on... Well, my computer's telling me it's minus three outside my little shed at the end of the garden. Um, most people have got bundles of snow. We've we've got about three inches here. And uh, yeah, but anyway... Weather aside, it's Christmas, and so rather than doing what we've been doing with the live shows up until now, which is working our way through the questions that we we discuss on the podcast, we thought it'd be more fun, uh, Chris. I say we, it's me, isn't it? It's essentially all just me. Uh, I thought it would be more fun just to sort of talk about some Christmas records um, and keep it seasonal, and then in January, we'll go back to the the questions that we talk about on the podcast. Um, so... I've got a few things that I want to sort of talk about and I've got some questions and stuff, but I think firstly, before we get on to what people think are the greatest Christmas records, what ones they think people, uh, people find that are overrated. Um, I just want to sort of ask a little bit to, to all of you. It's about the first song, the first sort of Christmas songs, whether it be hymns or, or, or whatever songs that like parents might've sung, what was your first like Christmas song that you remember hearing as a kid? And I'll start. I'll start with the fellow that got up at three o'clock in the morning in Australia for this. So, Mark, I'll start with I'll start with you, mate. I was uh, I was a big shaky fan in the eighties, Stu. So, so I reckon it would be uh, it would be Merry Christmas, everybody, um, by the great man. Yeah, that would be the one I'd say. And there's a. There's a picture that I used to be really embarrassed about floating around somewhere of, of me proudly standing there on Christmas Day presenting um, a couple of uh, shaky 12-inch singles on vinyl. Um, that I used to be really embarrassed about, but I'm not anymore. It's, um, yeah, if I had it, it'd be up on the wall still. Um, but yeah, that would be mine. Merry Christmas, everyone. Shaky, yeah. Glorious, glorious. I, lo- I love that. And obviously, it's so hot in Australia, that's preventing you from wearing double denim today, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I normally do run the double bedrooms too. Yeah, I've been uh, yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Um, Cy Lovell. Yeah, sorry, I had a little moment, senior moment then. Um, I've got to say, it's really boring, but it's probably Slade. Oh, really? I, I, I thought I can, it just reminds me of being, yeah, it reminds me of being really young. I don't know even now when it came out, it was probably, I was probably. Way too old for what was it? Eighty? When did that come out? No, that would have come out in the seventies, I think. First, I reckon that would have been yeah, sort of late late seventies. It's, it's been released obviously a myriad of times, but I yeah. reckon the first one would have been definitely sort of seventies. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that's my my first. I really remember getting excited about when I was little when I'd hear it, and I'd know it was Christmas as soon as I was just excited. Even if I hear it now, I get excited. I really do. I fucking love Christmas songs, though. It's I, do you? Yeah, I fucking love them. Yeah, I like their shitness, and I like the excitement <laughs> they still make me feel. Some of them. I I like that moment, the first listen of Fairy Tale in New York every year. When oh. I hear that for the first time, like each Christmas, I just think, "Here we go." Don't get me wrong; by January, I'm ready to park it up again. But uh, <laughs> but it is a, a a glorious record. Um, okay, uh, cursed. What's yours? 
Um, mine would probably be rocking around the Christmas tree. I think we had it on like an LP or something like that. So whenever we put the the tree up, that was always the first song that we would play every single year. I do love it. And I like both versions. I know there's the, like the 80s version and stuff, but the Brenda Lee one is obviously the best, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a great song. That. And, it's, and she swears in it. She does, yeah. Really? Well, she doesn't, but it sounds like it. <laughs> I thought she did. Uh, no, it's pumpkin. She says, "Have a piece of fucking oh, pie." Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says pumpkin pie, but it sounds like she says fucking pie. <laughs> I always it's, that's my one of my favourite bits in any Christmas song. <clears throat> I uh, when I would have been at the sort of the prime age to have got the the Mel and Kim like Mel Smith and and Kim <laughs> Wilde coming out. And I remember just thinking, obviously, anybody of my age was in love with Sexy Kim anyway. <laughs> and like, and Mel Smith just That's like true. just looked funny, didn't he? So it was like, you've just got this combo of like Mel Smith and Sexy Kim Wilde. It's like, what more do you want at Christmas? A l- really good kind of like novelty take on the on the Brenda Lee classic. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that as well. Um, Kev Thompson, what you got, mate? So and that and that side, I can't stand Christmas songs. Um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It's only when I joined the uh, podcast I realised it was about Christmas songs. <laughs> um, do you want to wrap things up and fuck off, Kev, or do you want to? No, sing no. About, I, love, to you, I, love, mate. I love all your faces, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to I'm going to sit through it. Um, I can't remember what my first one is, but one one I looking through your list there because I'm rubbish at remembering anything. I do re- I do remember as a kid, and I can't remember if it was at school or if it was my mum used to do this, but we'd always go, and I wish shit could be Christmas. There we go. <laughs> so that's the kind of pure thing that makes it makes me think I must have been about seven or eight to get excited about being able to say the word shit. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think it must be that one. Solid choice. Solid choice. Um, Nat, what was the first Christmas record you can remember hearing? Um. So probably for me, and this is you'd mentioned earlier about um, hymns. I did. I went to a, a school when I was very little about uh, which was all about hymns, lots of church, lots of hymns. So probably si- Silent Night is the first one I remember as a kid. But uh, yeah, no, by no means my favourite. <laughs> I. Uh... I, I kind of used to go to midnight mass. We we weren't a religious family at all, but we would go to like midnight mass or like a church service like on Christmas Eve. And I remember getting really excited about it. Um, I think it's essentially just because I was a greedy kid and I got a free mince pie. But I do remember like really getting excited. With, like I, I wasn't interested in when they were talking. I was like, oh, this is a bit boring. Like when can we get to have a sing song? And, and I was so like, and it was. Uh, What's it called? Once in Royal David City. When that come on, I was like, "Yes, I'm on board with this." And uh, <laughs> it's a bit tragic, I know. Um, all right, so you've gone for a, a hymn. Uh, let's go to the big fella down the bottom right there, Steve. What are you going for, mate? Yeah, mine would have probably been some Jesus banger at school or something. <laughs> my folks were never, were never like. It wasn't tons of music on indoors. If it was, it was like some talk radio show or something so yeah my mine would have been some jesus banger <laughs> just i'm sorry Steve, I, obviously like i know the sort of stuff that you listen to is jesus banger like a death metal band or is it like <laughs> no no genuinely mate like you know silent night or any of those uh you know any of their ilk yeah um that people used to play at school Wonderful. I mean, I, fu- I fucking hate Christmas songs as well. <laughs> not, not because of, you know, uh, I'm metal, rah, rah, rah. Nothing to do with that. It's just that they just, they just irritate me. And they're and shit. It's been, yeah. It's been spoiled by, Christmas was spoiled by one of my mates back in the day who, from the start of November, whenever I got into his car, and this is the start of November. Mariah Carey's Christmas album would be on his car non-stop for six weeks until Christmas finished. So I just hate Christmas songs. I, I love your pal's conviction, right? Um, I think a lot of you are familiar with um, Nick, who, who done the Math and Manliness pod, podcast. And, uh, and we, we grew up... Uh, 
obviously around grades and stuff. But my, the first club I ever run was this tiny little venue. Hello, Sai Nubi. Um, uh, can you all put your mute on while, while one, everyone's talking? So otherwise you just get in the background noise coming through me, me uh, headphones. Um, and, and he used to like turn up like to this club and like he would have been about 17 and it was at the time it would have been about 91, 92. And he was all about Jane's addiction, faith no more. And he was very metal. He'd been brought up on like hair metal and stuff like that. And he just hated the Smiths, like hated them with a passion. Uh, and every time he walked in the club, and I'd do this weekly, like the minute he walked through the door, I'd cut whatever I was playing. And I was in, generally playing Faith No More, Jane's Addiction, and everything he liked. And I would just stick the Smiths on straight away and go, this one is for Nick, he just went through the door, one of the world's biggest Smiths fans. I'd done that, I reckon, when did he probably stop going clubbing? Maybe 10 years ago. I reckon I'd done that for about 20 years. Never got boring. Um, ultimately, he's got a fucking amazing Smiths tattoo now on his arm, and he's a huge Smiths fan. So there you go. It works. So it didn't work on you, Steve. You're not a fan of Mariah Carey. I fucking cannot. <laughs> it, it genuinely, that song genuinely angers me. Like, <laughs> I, I get a Pavlovian response to it. It <laughs> makes me want to hurt people. Right. Oh, it's just, oh, it's, oh, I'm, I'm getting angry talking about it. Like, <laughs> that's how bad it is. Well, I'll tell you what, right? I'm going to throw it out there, right? It's not my favourite, but it's in me top three. I think it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, and, yeah, and if you do happen to pop back down the toothbrush this weekend, mate, let us know what time you arrive and I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll sling it on for you, Steve. <laughs> Cheers, I, 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 I really like it. Right, um... Who's left? Carl, what you got, mate? Uh, I'm another one who was uh, dragged to church every week by my mum. She's a very religious woman. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a hymn. You know, pick any one of the generic Christmas hymns and it'd be one of them, even to the point where she used to drag us out with a church group carol singing around, you know, the local area and you're just praying. You don't see anyone you went to school with while you're out there singing, you know. It was a, yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if, if um, Mark, who's, who's joined us uh, for the first time tonight, grew up down the road from me. And uh, and we've sort of uh, reconnected recently through um, the Reach Out for Mental Health podcast that um, I work on. And uh, I, it, it sounds like carol singing was sort of frowned upon uh, and a bit embarrassing for you, Carl. I don't know if it was the same for you, Mark, but we'd go out and just bang on people's doors and just sing Christmas songs, hoping to get like, I don't know, 25p or something. It was it was definitely something yeah, it was like... borderline begging, Stu, wasn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't have much money, though, mate. <laughs> uh, I mean, I no. I asked us, though, it was, it was more pretty much what it was. Our church choir group and their kids dragged along with them, singing proper carols and then knock on the door to collect for the charity and all the rest of it. You know, it's like, oh, God. Right. What I want to talk about now... What have I got here? So, so I'm late to the party. Sorry, sire. Sorry, sire. Um, no. I've got. I've only it, got the eight pictures, so they sort of sporadically no, move. Right. I, so um, uh, it's a it's a mate's 80th birthday at my local pub. So I popped over to say hello and ended up mistakenly drinking four pints of Guinness. Uh, did you say 80th? Yeah. Jesus. He's just one of the regulars down the pub. So. Right. Uh, earliest memory of a Christmas song, whether it be Christmas songs, hymns. What you got, sire? Earliest memory, jeez. Mm. I thought we were going favourite, but there we go. We'll, we'll get on um, to them. We'll get on to them. Okay. Earliest will be the traditional. Like, okay. Probably hymns and that, because my mum mum and dad, they're not particularly religious, but my mum went to Sunday school, so she likes the traditional, the traditional stuff. So, wow. Yeah, so anything hymn-based from, from that. Early, early memories. Actually, probably, maybe even, actually, no, left here, it would be Slade, I think. Sorry, what church did you go to? <laughs> I, I never went to church. I'd have burnt <laughs> as soon as I went in the doors. <laughs> well, look, um, I'll tell you what we should talk about. Before we actually talk about our favourite Christmas records, what what makes a great Christmas record? Are sleigh bells essential? 
Yeah. Some of them make no. some songs aren't Christmassy, and they put a little bit in there, and you think, oh, and it right, can so, tweak it, can't it? Okay, so no, like it's some, all about the sentiment. Right. Okay. So that's interesting because I want to choose. I, I'm going to pick a track here, um, which is "The Power of Love" by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, which I think is an absolute masterpiece of a record. Right. Um, I, I think Holly Johnson is one of the greatest vocalists of all time, and I think it's a perfect, perfect record. Um, has it a Christmas record? In the same way that Die Hard is a Christmas film, it's because it's associated with that time of year, because that's when it came out. But what Die Hard, think? Die Hard, he's he's trying to kind of is it his wife's Christmas, well, his ex-wife's Christmas party, right? If I remember yeah, rightly, it's, uh, Christmas. So it is a Christmas film. So what? I know that the Chris, the video to the Power of Love was. Is it like sort of free wise men and stuff, stuff like that? Is it something to do with white stuff all over the place? Let's not talk about uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood <laughs> and the white stuff. They got their first one banned for that. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Well, let's go into uh, to some favourites. Um, okay. Who should we start with? Uh, Kev. The only thing you prepped for was uh, favourite Christmas. Oh, you didn't even know it was Christmas, did you? No, so, I was just uh, about to say, wasn't the Power of Love, wasn't that the Karate Kid song? But it was the Glory of Love, wasn't it, the Karate Kid Yeah, Pizza yeah. Tira. What a tune that was. Yeah. Um, I think I've just had a little look to see if there's anything that popped up. And like, I do I do like the, old, the Band-Aid tune, Do They Know It's Christmas. Right, okay. Well, look, I, I do I'm like going to jump in now, right, and say something. So... What I want you all to do is have a little mental note because we're going to finish this podcast with your own personal top five band-aids. So I want to know if you put together your own band-aid, what five artists would you have on your single? I ain't going to let you all have 25 because we'll be here till Christmas. But like, you can pick five artists each. And I want to know, right, who's going to sing the George Michael line? Because that's a, that's a key line. And obviously, who's going to sing the Bono line? So this is like the 2022, like an updated band-aid. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. Not, not the fucking lad baby thing that's about to happen. We don't want to talk about that. Um... That was my number one. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. Um, okay, right. So what's your favourite Christmas record, Kev? Band-aid. It is Band-aid. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Do you know what? I ain't even had a drink. I've had quite a... a, a... <laughs> A busy day to day, but yeah, uh, okay. And that's just because, uh, like, I used to just have this silly thing with my mate at work. Where we used to, he'd just come home, he'd just come up to me, put his hand on my shoulder, and go, It's Christmas time. And I just turn around to him and say, There's no need to be afraid. And we just do this sort of thing throughout the day and <laughs> we go get pissed. Okay, all right. Well, look, we're not gonna, we're not gonna hold on on band aid much more because we're gonna talk about that towards the end, right? Okay, um. Kirst, what's your favourite Christmas song? You played it at the beginning, the Darlene one. I've forgotten what it's called now. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that. Christmas Baby, Please Come Home by Darlene Love. I love that. I love that so much. I mean, the the, the, the Phil Spectre Christmas record's spectacular anyway, isn't it? There's, there's not a duffer on there. And you've just got everything that's great about well, I guess it was everything that was great about Phil Spector before he turned into an absolute fucking lunatic. But uh, you've also got Darlene Love's voice, which is amazing. You've got yeah. oh, fucking uh, Ronnie Spector's voice, which is, yeah. in my opinion, the, the greatest female voice ever. Uh, oh, yeah. Perfect choice. Good shout, Kurt. I remember hearing it on, like, it's on Home Alone, either one or two or something. And honestly, those films have got some banging tunes on them, like some great Christmas songs on those films. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Nat, what's your favourite Christmas record? Right, so I've got three, and I oh. really can't. I can't differentiate between them. Right, like, you, you can no, you've got one right, and you can have two honourable mentions. The thing, okay, because the thing is, right, when you, when you talk about a favourite, it's like if I could only ever listen to one for the rest of my life, which one would it be? And I really yeah. can't decide between the three. So I'm going to really annoy Steve. Mariah Carey has got to be one of the three. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's fine. Sorry. Um, the second one is um, Please Come Home for Christmas, the Bon Jovi version. 
okay. And the third one is Stop the Calvary. Absolutely love that song. Yeah, I mean, Stop the Calvary. It's a... Do you know what? I didn't even consider that in my top five, and that's definitely in my top five. That's a fucking great record, Stop the Calvary. And probably one of the most mental Christmas records. It's a bananas record, isn't it? And I don't know... Is anyone else here like a, a, a Jonah Louis fan aside from Stop the Cavalry? So I think many of you. I like his other song that. The Always Find Me. In the Kitchen at Parties. Parties, yeah. I, I think that's a cracking song. It's fantastic. There was a little re uh, a, a version of that redone by there was a it was for an IKEA advert about ten years ago and it was mm. by a band called Man Like Me, uh, and it was a nod because Jonah Louis was signed to Stiff. Uh, I believe, and as were Madness, and the band Man Like Me are sons of various members of Madness. And, uh, yeah, just a really uninteresting and boring nerdy fact for you there. But, uh, but yeah, there'll be more of them coming up, don't worry. Uh, Stop the Cavalry, uh, solid, solid choice. Uh, Mark, what you got? Well, Stu, the reason, the reason I'm up at this ridiculous time I'm in the morning is, is to give a shout out and, and some promo to, to a Christmas song. Uh, if any of you have heard of, shout out and let me know. But I, I'd never heard of it until I came to live in Australia. Um, and the song is called How to Make Gravy. Um, it's by an Australian singer-songwriter called Paul Kelly. And um, it is an absolute banger. Like, it smashed Fairy Tale in New York for me as my favourite, like straight away the moment I heard it. Um, it it's a kind of... Um, it's a letter uh, from from uh, uh, a guy in prison to his brother, um, and, and that's that's what the lyrics are. And he's just talking about everything he's going to miss. And um, the, when he sings the line, um, "Won't you kiss my kids on Christmas Day? Please don't let them cry for me." Like for someone who's worked away from home during Christmas, um, it's just like, oh mate, honestly, it is an absolute banger. And that is, yeah, that is. Streets ahead of anything else for me as far as Christmas songs go. Wonderful who's chat. It, who's it by Mark Kelly? Did you say? No, who did you say? Paul, Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly. That's gonna be yeah. Destroy. It came out about I think 97, 90, 98 sort of time. I think yeah. Paul yeah, Kelly's a well big artist in Australia, isn't he? Massive. Yeah, he's got, he's kind of like a, a sort of a, a Paul Weller sort of status. Do you know what I mean? Like he was yeah. in a, he's in a band and then he names a solo artist. Little bit grumpy, um, yeah. He's got that similar sort of vibe, yeah. Yeah, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Um, who's all right? Uh, Lovell, what are you going for? I'm a bit stuck because I because I love so many of them. I really couldn't choose one, and I think if I did, it's really shit. And I know that, <laughs> and I don't know why I like it so much. Are you ready for this? Yeah. The Spaceman Came Travelling by Krista Byrne. That's a fucking banger, mate. I fucking love that song. <laughs> it gets me going. Every, I can have the arms waving in the air if I'm like, shandies. It get, I love it. Oh, and I don't know why I like it so much. It's utter <laughs> bollocks as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolute. And it's uh, Krista Byrne, which is, seems really wrong. Yeah. To me, it didn't sit right. It didn't sit well with me, but, oh, yeah, I, I love it. Oh, it's, uh... It was that or the waitresses, to be honest, and that was mine. My... Well, I'm going to throw mine in, in 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 the middle of it then, because um, I always think of mine when I think of um. Uh, by the way, I've just realised I don't know why I've got my headphones on. Uh, what I um, I always kind of think of it alongside that, uh, Christopher. I don't know why. Maybe it was on a compilation. Uh, when I was young, and I always heard it one after the other. But my favourite Christmas song uh, is the Greg Lake. Greg Lake. Oh. Right. Uh, purely, um, for, I don't even know if it's on this list. It must be on this list. Oh, jeez, I've just seen Driving Home for Christmas. Um, but it's purely for the... Uh, is it on this list here? Uh, is it for the very start bit of it, Stu? Probably. You it twice, Stu. Have Down I? The bottom. Yeah. Uh, where is it? 
Uh, oh, yeah. There is. All right. So it's, uh... Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That bit. Oh, does it, it don't get any more Christmas than that. There's, there's one really similar that's got that kind of jingle as well, Stu. Um, is it Mike Oldfield? Does he do a Christmas one? It's got a bit of a guitar-y. Oh, what was that Mike, Mike Oldfield one? It was, it was Mike Oldfield, wasn't it? Did a Christmassy one. And that's got a lovely guitar-y jingle like that, hasn't it? I love that. It just rem- Do you know what? It reminds me of, like, the BBC used to use it to advertise what was coming up for, like, Films oh, yeah. coming up at Christmas as a kid, and I just like, you know, I would have been like just frantically just like devouring the TV times and just like putting little like ticks next to like the cartoons that were going to be coming up and stuff like that. So it's just pure nostalgia for me, and I just, yeah, it doesn't get played anywhere near as much as a lot of the, you know, the the, the pogues and stuff like that. And it's like whenever I hear it, I still just think oh, it's a real treat. This is, and uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you anything else about Greg Lakes, you know, other than he was obviously in Emerson, Lake and Palmer, but I don't really know anything about them. It was a bit, it's kind of proggy, right? Um, but yeah, I just, I just love that one. Right. Uh, Steve Priest, what you got? Well, if I had to pick a serious one, it would be the um, Stop the Cavalry. Yeah. Because that's the only one that doesn't make me want to pull my teeth out. <laughs> But on a more kind of stupid, um, the, there's a punk band called The Vandals, and mm-hmm. they did an entire Christmas album. And it's Oi to the World by The Vandals is my favourite Christmas song. And I think No Doubt covered it as well. They did. Yeah, so, or I like No Use for a Name's cover of Fairy Tale of New York as well. That's pretty good. Mm. Mm. Shout out Vandals. Okay. Uh got left? Sorry, Newbie, what you got? It is, uh, especially after the last couple of years where I didn't get to see my parents for two years in a row, so I spent Christmas alone. It was, it's uh, Tim Minchin, White Wine in the Sun. I've not heard that. Oh, mate, it is. If you're ever away from family at Christmas, it it breaks me when I hear it. And it's all about, because obviously in Australia, Christmas is in summertime, so they drink white wine in the sun on the beach and all that. And it's all about him travelling home to go and see his family at Christmas to drink white wine in the sun. But then it changes because he then has kids. It's all about his kids being away from him when they're older and travelling home to him. 
and it's his story to them as well about you know we're looking forward to seeing you and don't worry and you know oh it just it is beautiful it will break you oh, love that <laughs> yeah um i mean obviously second is pokes but... standard standard but like do you think do you think the Pogue sounds all right 24-7-365? Or do you think it has to be listened to at Christmas? It has to be listened to at Christmas. Yeah, I couldn't listen to it any other time. I do. I have listened to Christy Moore's version different times of the year. Yeah. I, I can listen to that. Um, I might have a Pogue on the podcast in the next month, so I'm very, very excited. Um, a Pogue just sounds weird. It won't. It won't be Shane. I think he's. From what I gather, he's quite poorly at the moment. Uh, which is no shocker, really. Like I think when doctors mentioned that, what's uh, going to happen when you get a bit fucked up, then Steve? Who's going to look after you? Do you know what? Uh, yeah, I don't know if some of you don't know that story, but uh, <laughs> but I I I'm, I was really lucky to get invited along with my mate, who was uh, uh, one of the in between us lads to go to the NME Awards many, many years ago now when the in-betweeners were up for an award and I got spiked uh, at the table uh, and it was quite fucking terrifying. But uh, he went and got his award and then when he come back, he just said that he'd never seen anybody look so fucking out of their minds as what I did. Uh, but apparently Shane McGowan had his arm around me uh, with a glass of water saying, don't worry, mate, you'll be all right. Uh, that's how fucked I was. Shane McGowan was concerned. <laughs> so I've got this, I will I will put it on the, the Patreon, I've got this fucking surreal photo of just me sort of like not really knowing what's going on, but also thinking, oh my God, it's one of my heroes here. And like, and James has just took this picture of me just looking absolutely fucking mangled. But with Shane McGowan with his arm around me, just trying to make sure I was all right. Just quite surreal. Jesus. But uh yeah, so uh, yeah, shout out the Pogues, but yeah, I won't be having him on. But um, fingers crossed, I uh, I get a Pogue on. But um, some other bits that are coming up in the new year. Um, I got to chat to um, Susie Quattro uh, at the beginning of last week, and and it was really weird because I hadn't done like I, I hadn't really done a deep dive previously on uh, on a on a career, but obviously the age I am, I grew up watching her in happy days as Leva Tuscadero and I was like I'm gonna speak to someone that's hung out with the Fonz and like and I, I kind of had to work it so I asked her all about her career just so I could just go what's it like being on happy days what's the Fonz like I bet Richie's really nice isn't he um but she was super up for it like chatting about happy days and she was so cool and have any of you watched the Susie Q documentary that's uh, that came out last year? It was uh, it was an Australian production team made it actually. Um, it's unbelievable. I didn't realise uh, just how important she was for for women in music. She was the first woman to to front a rock band. Her sister, uh, I don't know if, if any of you are aware of the the all female rock band called Fanny that were like the first female rock band that, that yeah. basically don't really get the recognition they deserve. Uh, there's a really good documentary about them as well. Her sister was in that band. Um, and she was just an absolute fucking badass. It was like re- really, really wonderful chat. And, and I realized as she was sort of just referencing things, I was like, where is she? Yeah. It turns out she lives about, 15 miles from here and has done since the 80s. She lives in Essex. <laughs> yes, like, she was in Chelmsford, really? student, didn't she? Chelmsford, Chelmsford, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Someone that's been in Happy Days lives in Chelmsford. It blew my fucking mind. But uh, yeah, that one's coming soon. Um, and I had a really fucking amazing chat with a guy called Gordon Raphael um, la- end of last week. And Gordon. Uh, grew up in Seattle uh, and was very much involved in the sort of late 80s, early 90s scene in Seattle uh, and was kind of really good pals with uh, Lane of um, uh, Alice in Chains, but then um, moved to New York and he was the guy that produced the first two Strokes records and produced the first Libertines album. And he kind of in between that had like huge 
drug dependencies and that. And he was a really lovely dude and had some some great chat. So that one's coming soon. And uh, I don't think else I've I've had on. But yeah, I've got about sort of fifteen already queued up for next year, and there's some real real good natters uh, uh, to be enjoyed there. Um, okay, right. Have we done everybody's favourite? Has Cole gone? No, I, I'm, no, I'm still here. I'm, I'm trying to cook dinner while I'm doing this. So, <laughs> so I turn my camera off because I'm wandering around everywhere. But uh, for me, it's actually um, Bruce Springsteen's version of uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Always oh, makes me smile when I hear it. Yeah, when you, you know, you hear Bruce laughing in it and all the rest of it. It just makes me smile. So yeah, that's why that's that a one. Great shout, mate. That's a great shout. Uh, right, okay. Uh, thoughts and opinions on work Christmas do's? I've got mine on Thursday, uh, so I'll let you know. <laughs> Is anybody a fan? Uh, not really, but I used to work back in the back in the day. I used to work for Capita, which is a cash-rich company. And bloody hell, did that company know how to party? So there was never any problems there. So they were always a good laugh. But the forced fun side of it, yeah, no. I no. struggle with that. I okay. struggle with that. I've done thirty-two years of building site ones, and uh, yeah. They're sometimes when you're younger, they're a bit of fun, but I don't go now. I, I can't do it. I can't be dealing with drug youths. Part time drinkers come out at Christmas, and I hate part time drinkers. They're a pain in the ass. You should try my job. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, now, you said you like Christmas do's. Yeah, I love Christmas do's. I've not, I've not, um, I've not had one for what three years now, I think. Um, since since we made redundant, I've just been obviously working by myself. So um I really miss it. It used to be the highlight of my year. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So love the Christmas do's. Company I used to work for put on like just pulled out all the stops. Um just like just just really I just loved it. You know, just the whole buying the dress and just everyone getting together, getting drunk, being relaxed. Try to keep away from all the drama. Obviously there'd always be someone yeah. that yeah. snogs someone else and causes some issue. But um yeah. No, just yeah, love it. But that's actually like my highlight of of midnight. uh, Whenever I've worked at at, at the brush or whatever clubs, like midnight at Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve, is obviously very joyous. And then at ten past, that's when you see all of the the fallout of like I just saw you kiss him, and it just it's just uh, an absolute soap opera just unfolds before my eyes. That's one of the 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 many highlights of, of festive periods at clubs. Um, Kirst, you got a work do this year? It was meant to be tonight, but <laughs> I'm not very well, and I had BT man coming round, so I was like, I can't, I can't go. Yeah, it was it was literally like up in the bar upstairs in the office, so it was not anything special or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So I'm quite glad that I've dodged it, to be honest. And a Monday night, who wants to do a Christmas social on a Monday night? Like, I know it's a bad week for the strikes and stuff, but. You can't have a Christmas social on a Monday night. No. No, no. one's going to get wrecked, so no. Kev, I have a little hunch that you're the sort of person that really enjoys a Christmas, though. I've had some brilliant ones over the years. Uh, we had ours last week, and funnily enough, it was in the same pub where we had our um, Sunday lunch after the Greenwich meetup, the hardcore listing Greenwich meetup back in, back in March. So it was just a, a room upstairs in the pub. There was a little shit speaker. My company at the moment is a bit of a sausage fest. So you don't really get any of the drama. So it's just everyone just having a nice drink and a bit of food. And there was no one sort of getting off with anyone else. And like, you know, any drama. There's been drama in the past. And I ended up just being DJ, basically. I went around. That's what I did. I went around. You'd have loved this, Stu. I went around and just uh, asked everyone there, what's your favourite song of all time? And I just made a playlist as I went round and then we put it on and then someone else came along and wanted to like put their songs on and we all had a bit of a mosh and a dance. So it was good in the end. I've had some great ones in the past. Yeah. Um in my in my younger days. Um I agree with Natalie. If it's if you've got a good crowd, it's great, you know, to see people um, you know, with all their inhibitions gone and everything else. But that's just a bit of a boring crowd I work with at the moment. 
Well, look, it's it's Christmas, and you've just just made me think. Do you know what? It doesn't matter. There's no rules to this podcast. This is a kind of standalone episode. Let's work round the room. Uh, greatest song of all time. Uh, I know I've just kind of thrust it upon you, but you should all know this, right? Surely this should you be ready to go. It's in the back pocket. Lovell, did you hear that, mate? Yeah, I did. Sorry, yeah. Before you do that, Stu, that's exactly what I thought. I thought this would be easy. Everyone will know their favourite. Surely everyone thinks about it all the time, right? And, like, the amount of people that just just had no idea and just couldn't answer the question. Yeah, but are they the sort of people that when you go, do you like music? Like, what music are you into? A bit of everything. Yeah. Them people don't can on the planet. <laughs> Aren't you into a bit of everything, though, Stu? <laughs> yeah, but he actually is. Yeah. <laughs> to get rid of the question. All right, okay. All right, well, uh, uh, seeing as you've got your mind... Oh, do you know what, Kev? It was your idea. What's the greatest record ever recorded? Everybody Hurts. Not Everybody Hurts. It's Losing My Religion. Fucking Everybody Hurts. I don't even like Everybody Hurts. Losing My Religion. I can't argue that at all. Like, I, I think it's lyrically one of the best records ever made. Um, it was... Apparently, it was... But for those that don't know, it was Michael Stipe's um, kind of nod to every breath you take. He wanted it to be that ultimate song of obsession and, and longing. And uh, and oh, it's fucking perfect, isn't it? It's definitely the song I put on. If I'm at home drunk in the kitchen, it will always go on. Yeah. Always. Every day. Like every time I get my wrapped of the year, it's always in there. Because it's my drunk sort of kitchen song. It'll always come up. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's, I mean, I've probably spoke about it enough. Like, probably my favourite band of all time and was obsessed with them for years and years and years. Um, the, and other, the, other the, ones, that... the other ones, Jude, that I hadn't appreciated. I used to love it, but I hadn't appreciated it until I heard you really waxing lyrical about it and now I, I listen to it all the time it's country feedback from that album oh man that's that's the best thing I've ever done in my opinion like that is fucking perfect isn't it oh, I want to listen to that now um, <laughs> have you ever have you gone on YouTube and watched any live versions yeah that's what I did after you talked about it on another podcast fucking hell man like the Jules Holland performance like when REM done a Jules Holland special, uh, when they released Up, I think, and they played quite a lot of the tracks from Up, but and he's oh fucking hell, it breaks my heart. Even whenever you watch him do that, his eyes roll in his head, and he just fucking gets lost somewhere. And it doesn't matter how many times that band played that, being one of the biggest bands in the world, you still watch things like you two do Move Away Without You, and it still just doesn't seem to for me feel that real now it feels like it's it's just ticking the box but that song whenever rem played that fucking hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, it's mesmerizing, really is. Uh, and, yeah, and fucking heartbreaking lyrics as well. Oh, great shack, Ev. Uh, Mark, greatest record ever made. Sorry, just struggling with a mute button there. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to come across like I'm that 
geezer who's just being deliberately obscure to sound cool now, but because of the no one had heard of the Christmas record, and that's unlikely many people have heard of my favourite song of all time either. But um, it's I flirted with you all my life by Vic Chestnut, um, and I think it's situational for me. Like it's um, it, it that song came to me at a time in my life when when I needed it. If I'd have heard that song five years ago it wouldn't have had the impact that it did. But like you alluded to earlier, we, we caught up on the Reach Out for Mental Health podcast, you. And um, what I like about the song is it, you, you hear the title, I flirted with you all my life, and you and you, you get a preconceived sort of idea of, of what it's about. And lyrically, it starts like that. It starts off like, um, uh, what are the first lines? Um, I'm a man, I'm self-aware. Uh, and, it, and it comes off like a... Um, when you touched a friend of mine, I thought I would lose my mind, um, but it turns out I wasn't ready. And and it and it comes off like he's singing to a person he, he's in love with and he's obsessed with, and you know, blah blah blah. But when the chorus comes in, and it, he's singing to death, um, and and to to death itself, and and it's like I flirted with you all my life, like he's having those thoughts all of his life. Um, it's a fucking incredible record, Stu. And Vic Chestnut, if you've not heard of him, his life story is, is amazing. There's a doco on YouTube. Um, he, he had a car accident when he was 17 or 18 and he's sort of partially disabled. And he wears a glove with a pick super glued to it to, to play the guitar. And, um, and yeah, he, he was sort of quite badly injured in the, in the car accident. He had a lot of medical problems um, throughout his life. And um, I'm bringing the tone down now. Um, but it is, it is quite sort of relevant to, to what we're talking about today. And then, um, tragically, um, did actually himself um, commit suicide uh, and died on Christmas Day um, a few years back. Um, so, yeah, sorry for bringing the tone down. No, but, yeah, just sort of pulled um, it back in it, man, mate. Is... Tied it in nicely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's oh, well man. worth – there's a live version of it. On, there's a live version on YouTube where he's been interviewed beforehand and he talks about how um, if the crowd aren't into what he's doing, he's like, I just feel so worthless, like I'm not worthy and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But then when the crowd are into it, it's just like, oh, yeah, I feel like, you know, I've got value as a person. Do you know what I mean? And he put so much stock into into what, what the crowd sort of thing. But there's the live version and it was, I think, it, I don't even think it got a commercial release to you. I think he, he died like six or eight months after that performance. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Like, yeah, it's well worth checking out, mate. Wonderful. Great shout, mate. Um, Nat, greatest record ever made. So bloody difficult because, like, what Kevin was saying about um, when you just need to stick on a song and go mental in the kitchen, I've got, like, two or three go-to songs for that. But I've got to say, this song isn't one of them. My favourite band is Oasis. I grew up with Oasis. I love Oasis. They'll always be my favourite band. Um, so I think probably for me, it's got to be Slide Away. Yeah. Um, by far my favourite tune by Oasis. Uh, reminds me a lot of my my brother. Me and my, my older brother, we're like really close. One of my best friends on the planet. Go to him for absolutely everything. And it's just that um, we're two of a kind. It's that line. It always reminds me of him. So yes, a lot of nostalgia with it as long as well as just being a bloody great tune. Yeah, I I think that's the I think it's the best record on definitely maybe hundred mm. percent. I think it's one of the people at the Christmas do came out with Slide Away straight away, and it, I was really impressed with that because I didn't. He was one of the people I was thought was going to be like, oh no, it's like a bit of everything. He just went like Slide Away. I was like, I like I, I've got respect for anyone who picks that as their favorite Oasis tune because it means they actually listen to an album. It was never a single, was it? No. 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 brilliant I agree yeah it's an absolute banger that is and it's long as well isn't it it's like so I used to play it in the club quite a bit and it it really the, the guitar sound in the end is quite long and then Liam just screaming slide away slide away at the end. it does go on for quite a while and it's like people when you play it in a club like as soon as it comes people are like oh fucking hell he's playing slide away excellent and then about sort of five minutes in you see people just going <sighs> Can stick a bit of blow on in a minute. Like, <laughs> still going this one. <laughs> it is a banger, that. Yeah, it's great shot. Great shot. Uh, Steve Priest, greatest record ever recorded. Oh. I honestly, honestly couldn't say. 
because I've got records that you know I can listen to incessantly and never get bored of them. But to separate any of them from each other is, would be, yeah, quite, very hard for me, to be frank. Um, I mean, like you, R.E.M. are probably my all-time favourite band. So, again, and not to sound wanky, but have you, you know New Orleans instrumental number one? Of course I do. Have you heard the long version? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So, you know, that is a track that I can stick on and just kind of, I can listen to it like 10 times in a row and, you know, not get bored of it. So it's probably, you know, if I had to, you know, put my life on it, it'd probably be an REM track and it would it would probably be that one or it'd be shiny happy people because as you know i know they hate it but that song genuinely makes me feel happy it makes my cold dead black little heart sore <laughs> love it um and and do you know what it, it it does get sort of mocked shiny happy people um i don't know why because it's fucking incredible because not only have you got Stipe's voice. You've got Kate Pearson's vocal, which is one of yeah, the greatest. And, and that that is the bit that does me. Yeah. When her, all the songs that she guests on on yeah. the REM albums are end up probably being my favourite ones on yeah. their albums. Yeah. Shout out to B52s and Kate Pearson's voice. And also they did it with the Muppets as well. Scary fairy uh, monsters. Extra kudos. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's it. Like and they're on the Muppets. It's like this is as cool as it gets. <laughs> Wonderful. Great shout, mate. Um, Kirst, what you got? Um, uh, mine would be um Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Um his voice is absolutely beautiful, but then also I'm a big fan of a protest song. So of course that's all about, you know, an anti I mean that is an anti war song and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's why I think it's one of the greatest songs ever written. I just think it's amazing. Oh, it's it's pretty pretty perfect. It's uh, it's in my top three albums as well of all time. What's going on? I think it's a it's a perfect record. Famously, Barry Gordy at Motown said he didn't want to release it because it didn't have any hits on it. Because I guess at that point they were still churning out power pop. Went on to be the biggest selling uh, record on Motown ever. Must have been seen as a concept album at the time, wasn't it? Completely. And it is a concept album, isn't it? It's like I know the first time I heard it, like I'd heard the single, What's Going On, and I'd heard Mercy Mercy Me. And and then it was like, oh hang on, this all just sort of blends into what what's going on here? And then fucking hell, when he starts singing about saving the babies on that, I think it's track two on there, I think it fucking help. Just breaks me. And the fucking madness that was going on in his life at that point as well like there was all sorts of cracker stuff going on with with Marvin Gaye there and yeah one of the greatest voices ever and what's going on is a beautiful beautiful album and a fucking wonderful single great shout Kirst great shout uh, Cy Newbie greatest record ever made comfortably numb no oh, doubt God. absolutely no doubt for me especially as I get older I turned to look, but it was gone. The child has grown. The dream was gone. Uh, that, uh, as you get older, that line just breaks me. But that song, yeah. I, I always knew There is absolutely no doubt. All the other tastes I've got in music, that is the one for me. Have you heard the new version? I have. Oh, it's man. weird because I love I love the original, obviously, with the, the two solos. I prefer but the it. new version in the minor key with no solos. It is. It so works so well. It is amazing. It, I prefer it, and I've got to say it's yeah. my favourite track this year. It really tears me because I love the solos in in the original, but yeah. Stu's looking confused. He's not heard it. Oh so what, no! What's that? Has, has Roger Walters done it again? He's done like a little EP. Don't him, he's he's re-recorded it in what he says is the original how he imagined it, and it's comfortably numb, but done in a minor key with no guitar solos, and it is dark and it is brutal and it sounds amazing. 
It's really but dark. I still love the original because I love the wailing guitar solos. Yeah. Oh, man. You've got to find it. It's, it is so good. Video. He's done like a mini album, hasn't he? The Lockdown yeah. Session or something. And there he does a version of Mother on there that's incredible as well. Yeah. It's properly good. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to go and have a little uh, listen to that. Uh, there you go. Tim Minchin and Comfortably Numb. You didn't think you'd be getting a music lesson off me, did you, Stu? <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> Mr. Middle of the Road. I, I, I don't know how much of this like, Spotify playlist you can see, but any songs like that that I know are going to like kind of just jar me a little bit, they go into Car, <laughs> and there's a little playlist there called Car, and they're the ones that I uh, <laughs> quite happily have a little cry in a car on my own when I'm driving around. <laughs> so I put them on, <laughs> on the Car playlist. So uh, you just hope there's no traffic. Uh, and you just end up sitting at sort of traffic lights with people just going, you all right, mate? Yeah, 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 I'm fine. I'm just listen to Matthew Starr in the motor. 100% white wine in the sun in there if you want a little tear. <laughs> Carl, what's the greatest record ever made? Uh, anyone who knows me won't be surprised at all if I say it's Everlong by the Foo Fighters for me. Fantastic. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's a great tune anyway but for me it's a lot of memories I've seen them live 14 times um, you know and with one my best mate I've seen them live with him 13 times there was only once where we didn't go together um, but it's always with different groups of friends so it just invokes so many memories for me um, and I just think as a you know just a piece of rock music it's one of the best ever written for me just rock songs yeah I don't think anyone so, yeah. Argue with that. I think you know, as, as love or hate the foos, like I, I think that period of their career, colour and the shape, they were just on point in every possible place. And I think Everlong is just a fucking masterpiece of a single, isn't it? It's it's so good. I um, heard the acoustic version first. Oh really? You know, they did the live. Was it? I don't know if it's like an MTV one or. They did an acoustic version first. And I heard that and I didn't know there was another version of it for years. And then when I first heard it, it was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, what a treat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's a, I've got different versions of it as well that they've done, you know, live ones and all sorts, sort of knocking around on playlists and that. And it is one of them when it comes on in the car, the volume in the car doubles whenever it comes on. And probably so I can't hear myself screaming along to it, you know. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Um, Cy Lovell, greatest song ever made? I've always got a go-to one, and then when I think about it, I always think, oh, yeah, it is it. But, because there is two. There is two always. But if somebody ever asks me, is Sam Cooke, change is going to come. Fucking hell. Probably, I, I have to say that. I really do. I, I, it destroys me. It's a, Beautiful song, powerful song. Yeah, the, the the intro, just the kind of orchestration at the beginning, is just just lulls you into this really kind of sort of comfortable space, and then it's very melancholic, isn't it? As well? It's so melancholic, and I think when people talk about soul singers and in the kind of context of your Marvin Gaye's and 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 Sam Cooke's, I think Marvin Gaye's voice was perfect. But there's a sweetness to Sam Cooke's voice that is just unreal. Yeah. I've got to say, I think Marvin Gaye as a whole, I'd rather listen to a Marvin Gaye album. There isn't yeah. a Sam Cooke album I want to listen to at all, really. But that song kills me. And then they used it on the soundtrack of, I think it was Malcolm X. I think it was on X. Yeah, yeah. I loved the song before that. And yeah, that's a bit of a tearjerker, and that kicks in at the end of that. Yeah. It's a fucking powerful, powerful record, that. And, yeah, Sam Cooke's voice. And if you want to uh, listen to Incredible Soul Singers, I'll give you a little uh, uh, a little one if you haven't heard it already. Um, and it's Jackie Wilson uh, doing Danny Boy. And if you've ever heard Jackie Wilson do that, fucking hell. Like, as far as a vocal goes, it just hits a level, then it hits another level. And then it's just like... Where else, is there anywhere this, this this dude's voice can't go? It's it's fucking phenomenal. But when I was about, I got it was actually I got it on Christmas Day. This is this actually ties in really really nicely. 
I got um, a Matsui sound system, which was uh, Curry's uh, home make. Uh, I think Dixon's was Seisho and Curry's was uh, Matsui. And I got this Matsui Hi-Fi and it was like, I had like a tape deck on the like, double tape deck. But it wasn't a stacker one. It was like of, sort of the size of a video, and the sort of deck was sort of sunk behind it. It was it was definitely. Uh, I don't think we had a lot of dough at that point, and uh, and 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 I was thrilled with it. But my nan got me because it was around the time. It would have been about eighty eight, and it would have been around the time that Sam Cooke was having success again, as were lots of uh, as was Marvin Gaye. We've heard it through the grapevine because of Levi's adverts and. And, and as was Jackie Wilson, Reek Petit, and I get the sweetest feeling, it all got released in 88. <clears throat> and uh, and Wonderful World, I think it was Wonderful World, was the classic Nick Kamen laundrette ad, wasn't it? It was Wonderful World, I think, where he walked in and took his gear off and, and old handsome Kamen uh, rested. That was heard it through the grapevine. That heard it through the grapevine. Okay, yeah. Then the follow-up must have been Wonderful World. And then there was... I think Scrooge come out that year and they used Cupid in that by Sam Cooke and that got reissued. Uh, and so there was so many like great Sam Cooke uh, and, and Soul Records coming out again in 88. But, and, and obviously I think Stand By Me come out that year as well. So Benny King reissued that. Percy Sledge reissued When A Man Loves A Woman. <clears throat> um, but uh, it was Sam Cooke released, a, the, the, the label cashed in and, and released a, a greatest hits called the man and his music. And it was a double vinyl. My nan got it for me, uh, for Christmas. And I can't hear any Sam Cooke song now without the next song, not being the song that was on that double vinyl. And it was a gatefold and I've still got it in the uh, music room. And, uh, sorry, that sounds a lot more, uh, middle-class than, than it needed to say in the other shed. Like, um, uh, and, and and it's got some amazing stories in it and a beautiful picture of him in Muhammad Ali. Um, but was you aware that Sam Cooke's daughter is Linda Womack from Womack and Womack? Like, um, and yeah, and I think most, I, I think the, the, the Beatles said that he had the, the, the greatest voice of all time. And yeah, he's got Sam Cooke's voice. He's fucking beautiful. Uh, yeah, great shout. Great shirt. Uh, have I missed anyone? Right, that's good. Uh, in which case, I'll throw mine in. Uh, the greatest record ever recorded uh, is Be My Baby by the Ronettes. And uh, yeah, and I'll argue with anyone about that. It's perfect. Does anyone not like it? How can you not with that production? <laughs> it's perfect, right? <sighs> yeah. I just wish he wasn't a complete mentalist. Like, I just... Now when you think, Phil Spector has made... Well, fucking hell, he produced Imagine. He produced, like, fucking River Deep Mountain High. And you just think, oh, why do you have to be so nuts? I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but he produced um, Star Sailor, uh, Fort of the Floor. Really? Yeah. And, and obviously, anyone that's been to a, a hardcore listing show has probably... I know you have, Kev, definitely probably had a chat with James. He's, he used to sort of frequent him and quite a shy fella, and he? he doesn't say a lot. And, uh... I, the, the, the funny story there was I, I had about six pints with him before I realised who he was. <laughs> so I was like chatting away with him, looking back beers. Then Chris told me who he was, and then I started fanboying. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I don't think I spoke about it on the episode because he was one of the first guests on just because I'd sort of, he was a fan of alcoholism, but I don't know how that happened, but he, he, he just, he just got in touch that he liked alcoholism, which was wonderful. Um, but um, when we, cause I think when I recorded with him, it was at the time when the whole court case was happening with, with Spectre. And so I didn't really want to sort of talk about it. And I, I was just like, mate, I said, what, what was he like? And he was like, yeah, he was pretty intense intense fella because he famously like pulled a gun on Lennon didn't he when when they were recording he sounded like uh and obviously yeah some of the stuff that that Ronnie's sort of spoken about like the stuff that she had to endure being with him fucking harrowing but he could produce a fucking record couldn't he uh, and that that wall of sand 
and it's tainted a little bit by obviously who he is and what he's done. But you know, to, if we if we can separate the man from the art, then I, I, I think the production on Be My Baby, the drum sound on Be My Baby, the drum like it's almost like machine gun like rolls, like oh fucking hell, and Ro- Ronnie's voice just fucking cuts me in half. I don't know what it is. There's just something. I don't know if it's probably the shit that she was going through, but, and it's the same with Tina Turner. When you hear like River Deep Mountain High, that middle eight where it's like, and it's just building and building and building. And she's just wailing. And like, and I, I can't think who'd said it, but I heard it once. It said, it sounds like someone's just set her on fire in the vocal booth. And she just, it's fucking so primal and fucking powerful. And I just think, you know, whatever that fucking arsehole was doing to get that out of his artists, like, I don't know if the juice was worth the squeeze, but fucking hell, the results. It was worth it for us, the listeners. Like, it's just unbelievable. And, yeah, I, I just, I'd, I'd struggle. Like, the, the lyrics to Be My Baby are so simple, but just perfect. Like, absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's uh, that's my little word. Uh, top one for for what it's worth um right well look we've we've gone over the hour um so is there is is, is everybody kind of like looking forward to christmas do you know what i'll tell you what i'm gonna press stop and uh and then we'll carry on with this uh oh, i wish i knew i had to press stop on here because of covid i did-